0: Hello everybody, how you doing? I hope all is well. Welcome back to another shot of philosophy. And today we're back in the meditations. We're looking on page 19 of the Gregory Hayes translation and it's number seven for today's conversation. And what I'm realizing too is I think, cause this is gonna be a little bit about the importance of not just being busy again, which for me gets into broader conversations about how we should use our time. And I really do recommend you buy this book maybe not this translation specifically, although this is my favorite translation. And right now I own, I think like two or three other translations. And the reason I mention that is because I'm, I'm interested as to why if I'm just flipping through this book for like maybe a minute or two, how do I end up at times getting into a pattern, right? Cause this book, as I'm, I think I might've mentioned, isn't really organized in a normal way, right? I think there are certain themes in the book. He returns, frequently to certain topics like memento mori, thinking about how time is gonna pass, thinking about kind of reminding himself, you know, because I think he was so powerful, to be humble, reminding himself of his own insignificance, which not only keeps you humble, but also makes whatever problem you're facing seem smaller. So it's really therapeutic, I think, in a way too. I I do that a lot. Um, So memento mori stuff, reminding himself to be of service to others. Like there are certain things that come up frequently and repeatedly. And today's conversation, I think, will be very similar to one we had, if not even yesterday, recently. And I think it's going to add another element to it that's interesting. But ultimately, in my head, I'm like, why do I kind of flip through? And then I return to the same things like four or five days in a row. And I actually think that's important for this process. right? I'm drawn to, as I'm flipping through, I take a look, quick look at a page or a, or a sentence. I'm drawn to keep reading. I'm pulled in by ideas that are relevant to me right now. So that's part of the therapeutic process of philosophy in general, right? Especially once again, a book that's organized like this, where it's not like a novel, right? You couldn't do this with a novel, at least in the same way or as effectively. If you open to a random page of a novel, you, you might not even know what the hell's going on. But you open up to this, it's like on each page, you're getting anywhere from like two to five to even more than that um, entries, each of which is likely to at least be a little bit different On a single page, there might be two to three that are the same or they're speaking to the same general issue, but there's usually at least some different ideas on each page, right? So even the idea of being aware of what I'm drawn to, what I'm drawn to read in full, right? Because some of these are one sentence, some of them are a paragraph, some of them are a couple pages. So the idea that I stick with it, and then not only that, but I'm going to now talk about it, um, I think speaks to some of my own psychology, my own philosophy in terms of what's useful to me at this moment. So I say this because, and I'll read it in a second, um, this revolves around time, right? Time and focus, which are two things I've been, I literally just got a new planner and I'm in my head, I'm like grappling with the fact that I don't love it. Like it's good, but it's got some unnecessary stuff on each page. It's not organized, like, you know, visually perfectly. Um, and I've already started to kind of like play around with designing my own for myself. Right. Right. All of that revolves around how I organize my daily time and my daily focus. So let's see what Marcus is telling himself here. I think it connects nicely to what I've been doing in my own life, trying to get my shit together as best I can. So he asks himself to start off, do external things distract you? Then make time for yourself to learn something worthwhile. Stop letting yourself be pulled in all directions, but make sure you guard against the other kind of confusion people who labor all their lives but have no purpose to direct every thought and impulse toward are wasting their time, even when hard at work. So just to reiterate, right, that second part is very similar to what we were talking about recently with people um, who are busy, maybe ourselves, right? Myself, I feel this way sometimes, um, who are busy just for the sake of being busy. And then you look back at the day, you're like, oh, that didn't even mean anything to me. That, wasn't, that didn't seem purposeful. Or I did all this stuff at work, but nothing actually got done. I didn't move towards maybe, I didn't move towards this goal at work, or I didn't move towards this goal in my relationship. Like, shit, we had a bunch of conversations today, but nothing really happened. Like, nothing really happened. There wasn't a, a moment where we reached a better place of understanding each other. There wasn't a moment where I was able to convey what I believe more accurately. Like, we just didn't get anywhere. Right. So I think, and this is something we already talked about, probably with that other conversation, but philosophy is the antidote to this among other things, of course. So it's not the only one, right? But you don't want to labor your whole life. Not only that, you don't want to labor for a year and not and then look back and feel like you, there's no purpose to this, right? So the idea is like, if we check in with ourselves on a daily basis at the end of the day, this is very much a stoic practice. I mean, Epictetus talks about this, Seneca talks about this, check in with yourself at the end of the day, and maybe not even just the end of the day, Maybe every six hours, you're awake. That's another suggestion from ancient philosophy, right from Pierre Hadot's philosophy as a way of life. Maybe you wake up, set some intentions, maybe in the middle of the day, let's say you wake up at six, obviously, then at 12, check in. Well, how'd I do the first part of the day? This isn't, uh, you know, you don't have to do it for 30 minutes. You do it quickly, but you do it with with attention, right? Then a, a night again, how'd the last six hours go? Then go to sleep and that should help you sleep right cuz you know like if you messed up in the morning maybe you made up for it in the afternoon cuz you had that moment at 12 like okay let me let me get on my shit let me focus let me be more organized and then we get into the first part of what he's writing to himself here let me not be distracted right let me make time for myself let me make time for my development let me make time for my important tasks for my important obligations let me serve these things with intentionality with attention Right? So I like how he's saying like, the kind of turning point of this, this um, entry Right, is there are two types of confusion. If you're constantly distracted by external things, that's confusing. If you're never having meaningful conversations with yourself, right? if you're just constantly in a state of responding to stuff, instead of saying, well, how am I responding? How should I respond? Why am I responding this way? Those are really meaningful conversations to have. And then at that point, external things aren't just distracting you, right? You're engaging with them by engaging with yourself. Right, it's like the difference between playing chess and and like, you know, I don't really know what what that comparison was gonna be, but playing chess is very thoughtful. You think about your next move, right? So life should be a little more like chess in that way, right? And that thinking, that's where philosophy lives. Right, you're not just distracted and uh, he's saying here, I love this idea of being pulled, right? Being pulled in all directions. Wait a minute. And even that idea, right? Before you're pulled in a direction, that's an emotional direction. That's a direction of action, That's a direction of thought. that wait a minute, that pause, that's philosophy. That's not the only thing philosophy is, of course, but that's one huge part of it is training ourselves for meaningful, useful pauses. This is back to leisure, right? We talked about leisure recently. Leisure is an extended pause. It's a 10-minute thing every day or multiple times a day. Maybe, I think I suggested a walk, right? Maybe it's a walk. Maybe it's a sit. Turn your phone over. Don't look at your screen. Maybe put on some music, right? Or no music and just sit. The great book, Thich Nhat Hanh, Zen Buddhist, How to Sit. <clears throat> Brief note on this, and I know I'm going off a little tangent here, so I'll keep it short. But I have a desk job now. And I made a rule: first hour of the day, I do not sit. I got like a, I don't have a standing desk per se. It's like a contraption that I can put my laptop on, because sitting should feel like what it is, which is resting. Your natural state as a human, we have, you know, if, if we're fortunate enough to be able to stand, right? We if if we are fortunate, which is something we should be grateful for and aware of, right? <clears throat> then that means we should stand. We should walk. We should move. We should run. We should jump. So, sitting is a restive state. Sitting is a way to rest, right? If laying down is how we sleep, sitting is like laying down's cousin. It's resting. Stand as much as you can, walk as much as you can. Right? And and there's peace in that because then we have a healthy relationship to some natural things that we do. Sitting should feel like you're resting, it shouldn't feel like, oh, I just sit all day. Likewise, of course, you shouldn't be on your feet all day or you and or, right, you shouldn't sleep for two hours a night, right? We have to strike balances in life between all these different things. Let's get back to the quote a little bit. Sometimes I think about sitting. So we have two types of confusion we're guarding against here. Confusion caused by being pulled by external things. And one antidote, which I love this too. He's saying here, make time for yourself to learn something worthwhile. One thing that really bothers me, um, <clears throat> and this is this is a weird way to say it because like I take this personally for some reason, which isn't fair. But <clears throat> I don't like when I'm trying to have a conversation with someone and like, and this is maybe because they don't want to talk to me, which is fair, right? But if we're bowling, like if we're, you know, if you're like a peripheral friend and like we are interacting with each other, right? You know, it always it shocks me when people like don't even want to make conversation. Like that's what we're there, like we're there to do, right? We're bowling, we're having a couple of drinks, like we have to talk because we can't bowl the whole time. There are other people here, right? So when I'm trying to talk to you and like someone's just like, they just seem so uninterested and or distracted and like, they don't want to have the conversation, but I sometimes, and I fear this for myself, right? If you're not learning stuff in life, you, you run out of things to talk about, right? And in large part, I think like what he's saying here too is when he's connecting this to purpose and connecting this to controlling our impulses to be pulled by externals, right? When we really focus on learning something, attentively learning it, that's a profoundly healthy way to spend our time and focus. Right when you really like just read a book for ten minutes, that be- then becomes something you're learning, and then that that becomes something you could talk about, right? Like, oh, what are you doing? Oh, I'm reading this great book. Okay, now you're interacting with the external world in a more interesting way. You can offer something of importance, of of you know, of usefulness to people, and not only that, but you're cultivating a self. You're learning how to focus, and you're engaging in an activity um, <clears throat> that is training you to not be distracted the time we make for ourselves to learn something worthwhile is an antidote, is a good move in combat against constantly being distracted. So make it a habit on a daily basis to sit down and learn things. People finish school and they stop learning. Not a good idea. But that's why I found this like the bowling example, that was a little personal, right? But obviously, it was, you know, after college and all that, and like, we're all just hanging out. It's like, you have to not turn off your capacity to learn. I was very fortunate. I grew up around people, many of whom had little education. Like my, for example, my real example of this, or the most powerful one, probably aside from my mother, who was just constantly reading, constantly learning, would be my papu and my or my grandfather, who had a fourth grade education, but read every day. Like you'd go over to his house if he wasn't at work, which he was usually at work, um, or even at work. He always had some, some type of newspaper on him, on his person, right? Usually he would read the Greek newspaper and he'd read um, one to three different American newspapers in English, right? So he would be reading every day consistently in at least one language. And he had a little library in his house, right? He read every day. He was obsessed with learning. And a part of that, of course, we could argue is because, well, he didn't have the opportunity to go to school, right? But ultimately, And also he was very intelligent, which I think is just, you know, Warren's mentioning too. But that being said, he never stopped learning. He he passed away in his late 80s and every day he consistently read. And I think that helped him lead a peaceful life. He read the Bible every day and there's a lot of other great things to be said for having um, a practice around your faith, I think. But even if you're not a person of faith necessarily, right, read every day make time to learn. Maybe you don't like to read. Okay, listen to something that is actually making time for yourself to learn something. Keyword, worthwhile. And that's worthwhile to you, right? I had to learn about like how to clean my apartment. I had to sit and like listen to a book about that. And I've had better, you know, much better results now that I made time to learn it. Other people are naturally good at that. Or they naturally, let's say, are organized with their things. I wasn't organized with my things. That was, that's my real you know cleaning i have to like make sure i keep my my stuff together right so i had to figure out a strategy there so i did some reading i did some researching online i learned something worthwhile i make time for this every day this is learning right? For me, I know it guards against having a confused life because not only am I learning something worthwhile, which helps me in that, let's say 10 minutes focus, which is sacred time, which is good time, attentive, healthy time. It also structures my life. Now I know what I'm doing when I wake up in the morning during the week. I wake up at five and I know what I'm doing. I'm getting ready and I'm sitting down with, or I'm standing up when I do this. I'm standing in front of a book I'm flipping through it. I got my coffee. I got this. Got the computer out. I got my lap, my laptop. I got my microphone, right? And it gives my life a sense of order. That order is helpful to prevent confusion. I don't wake up and, and think, "Oh, what am I doing today?" No, I know I got something to do. Not only that, but it's something worthwhile, right? So for me, once again, this really, you know, this entry really connects nicely to trying to have some type of plan, some type of program. Epictetus says, the sooner you get on a program of spiritual development, the happier and better off you'll be. This to me is a part of my spiritual program to sit and read philosophy, talk about it, write about it, right? These become worthwhile learning moments for me that give my life a physical order because it gives me a routine around time, but also gives me a, a mental, psychological, philosophical, and spiritual, emotional sense of order. These ideas help me order my thinking, order my feeling in a way that's useful and helpful for me, healthy for me. And in a way that then, because of that, makes me better off with how I uh, interact with others. So I hope this was helpful. And let's try to, again, end with some questions, end with some practicality. How could you maybe organize your day so you make time for yourself to learn something worthwhile? How are you already doing that? What would be worthwhile for you to learn about? Maybe it's finance. Another, I'm thinking of examples for myself, hopefully it's philosophy. Maybe this is a part of your daily life now, right? Philosophy, finance. Maybe you want to learn about friendships. Maybe you want to learn about romantic relationships, right? Family relationships. These are all things we can learn about. Millions, if not thousands of, of, of books and definitely millions upon millions of, if not billions of words have been written about all those topics. Start learning. Five minutes a day, ten minutes a day, and see what it does for the rest of your life too. Habits are powerful. Making sa- making making time for learning on a regular basis is sacred time. We all need that. So, hope this is helpful. Thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you soon.